Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. It's another week, so that means we're going to switch it up. We came to you last time with free agency coverage, and we have a little bit of that in the beginning of this episode, but we're going right back to the NFL draft because that's what's coming up in a month. That's what we had a lot of content for before this little one to two week break talking mainly about free agency, but we're right back where we started, Alex. We had that mainstream, that one big week when free agency begins and what a week it was with the trades and the Giants now acquiring Darren Waller. It's really weird to say New York Giant Darren Waller. Same with Bobby O'Karake and Paris Campbell and re-signing Darius Slayton. You know, it, it's uh, I'm not going to say it's a brand new team, but they definitely made a few signings the Giants did and obviously the big blockbuster trade. Uh, and you can't even say blockbuster because the Giants didn't give up that much for Waller. Um, so the trade for Waller, I'll say, was a big deal. And now he's a New York Giant, and we're, we're all living happy. So we're going to go back to the draft coverage, and you could tell by the title today, we have our first New York Giants seven-round mock draft, which is basically we go through all the New York Giants picks right now, at least, unless they trade for one or trade one away uh, in this year's NFL draft. We did the same thing last year, and we go through, and we just we just do our own mock draft, and we pick players for it, and it's a very fun thing. Well, hopefully, we'll be able to do more leading up to the, the draft period. Uh, but for right now, we got the 1.0. Alex, how are you doing on this Monday late night episode of Giant, uh, the Giant Take? I'm doing well, man. Uh, I'm excited to get into it. Uh, you know, got a little bit of free agency news, some exciting news, something I can take a little bit of credit for, even though it's not quite done yet. Um, so I'm excited about that. And then getting into this mock draft, which, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time on, obviously. Uh, and I think a lot of these guys are going to be some good scheme fits. Uh, and hopefully have some, you know, reasoning behind why we pick them in each round. So uh, I'm I'm excited to get into that as well. But I'll, I'll let you get right into it uh, with some free agency stuff. Yeah. So the Giants had, I want to say, it was three departures in free agency of former New York Giants so far. Yes, so far. Uh, former Giant safety now um, and captain of the team signed with the Seattle Seahawks, Julian Love. Uh, he departed from the team, and it seemed likely that he was going to depart since the beginning of the free agency window. Uh, we actually heard, I forget from who said it on Twitter, that Love and the Giants were actually talking to each other bef- when the uh, negotiations happened, or, or when like teams were able to talk with their own players before they left for free agency. Uh, the Giants actually had, I think, a more expensive offer on the table for Love but he just didn't seem like the team was too appealed with him. Uh, didn't value him high enough for, I guess, love standards. And he wants to be that number one safety where it seemed like, I guess, McKinney on the Giants was that guy. Uh, so he just found that he had a better opportunity in Seattle, which is very valid for him. And congrats to him for getting that deal. It kind of sucks as a Giants fan, though, seeing him go, seeing a leader like that leave. Um, but it is what it is. Oh, I got to turn off my notifications. And Tom... Um, I'm happy to. I'm happy that hope you know kind of get a place to shine now as a starting safety. However, what does this mean for the Giants? It means that either Jason Pinnock or more likely uh, the case, Dane Belton is going to be your starting safety along with Xavier McKinney uh, next season. And the, there's a possibility the Giants either sign an undrafted free agent or they go ahead in the draft and pick a safety. So that increases the odds of that happening. And that's Julian Love uh, right there. Alex, do you have anything on Love before I move Yeah, I mean, looking a little bit forward to the mock draft. Obviously, we did that after the Julian Love news, so we could have a addition because of that. I'm um, not going to spoil which round, but we'll get into that a little bit later. 
And um, I what I would say, Julian Love, we talked a little bit about him like right at the end of last episode uh, when we were all rushing in. Uh, you know, we just got the breaking news. But yeah, certainly uh, sad to see him go. Uh, the safety market's kind of been crazy, uh, you know, really devalued, I guess, this season. Uh, we just saw C.J. Gardner-Johnson leave the Eagles, going to the Lions only on a one-year $8 million deal. Julian Love getting $6 million a year or so. Um, Micah Hyde, I think, just got a, or was it Jordan Poyer? Who's the one who is a free agent? I'll look it up in a second, but he got $5 million on a one-year deal as well, so all these elite safety guys not getting that much money, so Julian Love, uh, you know, for that price, getting $6 million a year is quite a bit, considering the rest of the market, so, um, you know, fair enough for him, glad he got his money, and, uh, you know, wish him the best of luck, and obviously he will be uh, missed on the Giants, but I'd say a little bit kind of of a replacement, maybe a future replacement here. Um, I know he, this is not his position right now, but former Duke cornerback uh, Leonard Johnson visited the Giants today and ended up signing a three-year UDFA rookie deal. Uh, Johnson tore his ACL in training leading up to the 2022 NFL Draft where he was projected to go in the late rounds. Uh, he's an intriguing press corner. Uh, and probably a developmental prospect for the Giants. So that happened today. And there is some hints and some talk about him possibly being better suited as a safety at the NFL level because of his great tackling his ability, his great instincts, uh, but sometimes struggles with his you know coverage technique, specifically in man coverage. Uh, so that's going to be something that's interesting. And maybe he could be a nice fit uh, in the safety room as a guy who can develop at that position rather than corner. Uh, does have the ideal size for it too at around six foot uh, just under 200 pounds as well so certainly an interesting move uh, and I'm excited to see how you know Dable and specifically Wink Martindale as the defensive coordinator can develop him and uh, hopefully you know make something of him uh, in his NFL career uh, a few other things that we can just run through right now uh, big one I guess John Feliciano signed a one-year deal with the San Francisco 49ers meaning there is no center on the Giants roster at this current point. They lost Nick Gates earlier in free agency to the Commanders. They have now lost Feliciano. No center on the Giants roster. What does that mean? They are drafting a center. There's no doubt in my mind that they're signing a center. Or signing one in free agency. They're drafting a center uh, regardless. I think so. Bredesen does have center flexibility. We do know that from his time at Michigan. So that would be interesting if they're planning on moving him back to that position as depth there or they you know who's going to start at left guard certainly on that interior those two spots in the interior of the offensive line are going to be interesting going forward uh, and we do address that in our mock draft so stay tuned look out look at me with all these plugs going forward uh next thing on the list here the giants wide receivers i just wanted to mention this they're all locked up for basically one year besides wandell robinson and yes i know you want to say darius slayton's deal which was like i think two years uh, that doesn't matter because the Giants, again, if they want to move on from Slayton, it wouldn't be too much against the cap to do so after a year. So just take that into consideration that if you have a guy like Darren Waller, who, again, if you cut him after next year, uh, next season, that's not too bad with the cap. You have Sterling Shepard for another year. Slayton, where you can that after another year. Paris Campbell's deal is one year. So really, when you look at the Giants roster, the only wide receiver contract-wise that is Basically, staying with this team, also because he's young, he's Wandale Robinson. Again, meaning, just like they're you know drafting a center, I have no doubt in my mind that the Giants will, at some point in this year's draft, get a wide receiver. 
So I want you as Giants fans to keep that in mind. And then one more final thing I have here, and then Alex, you can respond to whatever you want to respond to if there's something you want to respond to in these last two. Uh, the Giants worked out defensive tackle Ashad Robinson as he visited them. I don't know if they worked him out, actually. He visited the team on Monday when we're recording this Monday night. Uh, he's one of the best run defenders in the NFL. 38 tackles on design run plays through week 11 were tied for fourth among defensive linemen uh, with Aaron Donald, actually, funny enough. He tore his meniscus in week 11, missed the rest of the season, but is on track for a full recovery this offseason. Market may be too high for the Rams, which is the team that he played on, uh, but they also like a higher comp pick because of that, and that's according to Big Blue View. All right, so Alex, anything on Robinson? I guess either Robinson's. Well, no Robinson in the Giants wide receiver room or Ashawn Robinson. Yeah, I mean, I mean, wide receiver room wise, I think a couple of these guys, it's kind of a nice opportunity. All these, a lot of guys on one year deals who can prove it that they deserve to stay on this team long term. And I think that's going to be a nice motivation for their next contract. And uh, hopefully that should mean, you know, uh, you know, better play from all of these guys and, uh, you know, more motivation for all of them as well. So. Uh, that's just my little tidbit on them. On Ashawn Robinson, I would like to say I called it because he was one of those players that I was saying that the Giants should target uh, and could target in free agency based on the scheme fit, based on the position of need, etc. And Ashawn Robinson, I'm surprised he hasn't been signed yet. One of the better defensive linemen uh, in the NFL, honestly. And a lot of people are like, well, we have Leonard Williams already and he's on a $32 million cap hit. We have Dexter Lawrence as well, obviously. We just signed uh, Nacho. We have uh, DJ Davidson from last year's draft. Are we really going to add another defensive lineman, or does this mean that Leonard Williams is gone? I think they're going to add another defensive lineman. This is one of the worst run defenses in the NFL last year, and Ashawn Robinson, he stops the run very well. Uh, and you need depth here, because Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, they were playing 90% plus of the snaps. They shouldn't have been doing that last year, and I think you know, as much as you'd want to restructure Leonard Williams' contract here to not have that cap hit at $32 million, there's no sense in cutting him and having $20 million in dead cap. And I don't think his trade value is really that great either, considering his cap hit currently. So you'd probably have to eat money if you wanted to trade him. So it just overall doesn't make sense. I think the most likely outcome here uh, is if Ashawn Robinson signs, I would expect uh, Leonard Williams to get some sort of extension slash restructure uh, to his contract. So, I, you know, everyone's freaking out about that. But I think it's you talk about, you know, the Giants oftentimes with Wink play three three uh three defensive linemen, uh, and that could be, you know, Leonard Williams, Nacho, and Dexter Lawrence, or it could be if Ashawn Robinson comes in, Ashawn Robinson, uh Lawrence on the bench, you know, for a rest a few snaps, Leonard Williams and Nacho, right? So there's a lot of flexibility here. Uh, and that's kind of more how I see it uh, with the Robinson move. I'd be interested to see how much money he does get if he does sign with the Giants. I'd expect it to be somewhere around maybe four or five million on a one year deal. Um, I can't imagine it would be long term because uh, I would assume Robinson wants to get back on the market, uh, hopefully in a year that's more demanding for defensive linemen. All right. We now move to our first, our 1.0 New York Giants seven round mock draft of this 2023 NFL draft. We did a few of these last season, but we're happy and we're ready to bring it back. So let's start out with we're going right into it. Alex, it's weird because if you remember last year, we had two first round picks, both of them next to each other practically next to each other five and seven we don't have that this year uh but that's okay because we still have a pick in the first round so we're gonna start with that and we're gonna go round one pick 25 what are the giants address is it offensive line is it center cornerback wide receiver 
think that's like the three positions, right, that we're looking at. Not linebacker anymore. Keep yeah. an eye on uh, defensive. Keep an eye on defensive line. You could never rule it out. That too. Uh, but we end up going cornerback here, and it's Deontay Banks out of Maryland. He's six foot, one hundred ninety-seven pounds. He was one of the guys I believe that we uh, we talked about uh, when we ranked our top cornerbacks in this year's draft class. Maybe I'm not one hundred percent sure. It might have been an honorable mention type guy, but I yeah. I certainly have him in my top five. So uh, height comes in at six foot, one hundred ninety-seven pounds. Uh, the pros that we have for him down or marked here is his athleticism. Uh, the recognition of different routes that wide receivers do, uh, whether it's in the slot or the outside, as well as uh, he's very good at press man, which is something that Wink Marindell runs with the New York Giants. So that's definitely something to keep your eyes and ears out for. When it comes to his cons, his ball skills, uh, as well as his zone coverage too. I would say that the Giants, as we know, are blitz heavy. Uh, so you're not going to really worry about a zone coverage scheme when it comes to um cornerbacks i think as much however he can tighten that up when he once he gets to the nfl um and i'm sure the giants will definitely keep an eye out for banks as well as the other top cornerbacks in this draft alex you did this draft i don't know if you remember exactly were other cornerbacks taken off the board at that point that left you with banks as your top uh player at that position yeah, so I ran the mock, or I guess the simulator a few times to make sure that it wasn't like a one-off type thing that he fell. Uh, and about, I think I did five different ones when I was trying to test them all out. Um, and uh, he landed at the Giants four out of the five times. Uh, and he was pretty much the best corner on the board. Joey Porter Jr. was off. Gonzalez and Witherspoon were obviously off as well. Uh, and he was really the top corner on the board, usually the top wide receivers such as Jordan Addison were off the board, um, top center or top guards. Um, um, Tor- uh, what is it? Osiris Torrance was off the board in all of those mocks. Uh, so it just felt like corner was the best value here. And Deontay Banks, a guy who really rose with his combine, ran a 4-3-5-40, just blew all the drills out of the water. Um, a really, really exciting press man. Uh, heavy man corner, which is what Wink Martindale wants. You can throw him on an island uh, with one of the better receivers on the other team, and he can cover that guy. And he, you know, he doesn't have the best ball skills, that's for sure. But when it, when he he keeps up with his man, uh, he's got great route recognition. Um, it feels like he's always a move ahead. And overall, he's just he's great size, great athleticism, a lot of upside as well with him. So I think overall. He's probably the third or fourth best corner, depending on how you look at it with Joey Porter Jr. I do think he's better than Ringo, uh, and that's why I chose him at pick 25. And I think the Giants, it just makes too much sense for the Giants to go corner at pick 25, especially when someone as talented as Banks is available. Um, And I guess I'll move on here to pick 57 in round two here. Uh, We've got center John Michael Schmitz. From Minnesota, 6'4", 306. Uh, this is obviously an interesting one because he actually fell surprisingly in about three of, out of the five mock drafts that I did um, into that late second round, and that is why I took him. A lot of people are saying he might not be there, but uh, he was there, so I decided to take him. Uh, he's a great run blocker. He's got great football IQ, um, and overall he's just a really, really solid mauler in the run game. Uh, his cons are that he tends to be a little bit shaky in pass protection. He's obviously only played center in college, which means you can't really move him around on the interior. And he is 24 years old, uh, which is, you know, pretty old, I guess, 
uh, for a draft prospect, a rookie coming into the NFL. And uh, we have him here at pick 57. Obviously, the Giants let go of John Feliciano, of Nick Gates. They need a center badly. And Schmitz just fits right in uh, as your starter. And I think overall, he brings you a lot of, uh, you know, solid play from day one. And I think that's what the Giants really need uh, in this draft. And that's why, you know, now we've addressed cornerback two, uh, which is a big need for the Giants and center, which are is another really big need for the Giants. Yeah, I agree to Alex here at points. And I want to say that if this happens in the actual draft, this could Brad. stay well. Yeah, this could very well be one of those what people call steals uh, of the NFL draft for the New York Giants. This Mitch is able to fall all the way here uh, to this, I guess, later part of the second round. Or not later part, uh, early part of the second round, but just fall to this point in the second round. Yeah, it is. It's it's late, right? Pick 25th pick in the second round, so pretty late. Yeah, okay, so yeah, I guess late in the... uh, Yeah, you were right the first time. Trust your instinct. I'm used to uh, picks five and seven, man, so it's early. Everything I'm picking is early in the draft. It's not. Uh, We go to round three now, pick 89. I'm not used to the Giants being good, Alex. It's weird. Uh, Wide receiver Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati... Was five foot or is five foot ten? He's one hundred seventy seven pounds. We were wondering when are the Giants going to address a wide receiver? Well, they do in round three right now, and it's a deep class, so it's something that you can wait on if they need to. Uh, Scott, some of his pros, his speed, his yards after catch ability, as well as his twitchiness on the football field. I'll let Alex uh, kind of talk about that a little bit more when he breaks down Scott. When it comes to his cons, he's undersized. He also has a small catch radius, uh, or at least he had one at Cincinnati. Again, another easy fix that you can kind of make when you switch to the NFL. This past season, he had almost 900 yards and nine touchdowns for the Bearcats. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Scott, uh, first of all, before I touch on the player specifically, I think this is the sweet spot for wide receiver. Um, I feel like in round one, you're probably not going to get the cream of the crop there at 25. I think Addison will be gone. Smith and, uh, Smith and Jigba might be gone. Johnston might be gone. Round two, there's just kind of a big drop-off uh, in between there. I feel like you could reach on a guy like Tyler Scott or on a guy like uh, Kayshawn Booty on, uh, in round two, for example. But I think here in round three where you got guys like Rashi Rice, Tyler Scott, uh, Boudet, like I just mentioned, um, I think that's where the best value is. Um, for the wide receiver position. The reason I decided to go Scott, uh, I believe Rashi Rice was still on the board, but I went with Scott uh, because the Giants have actually had a visit with him at the combine or a talk or meeting, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there has been, uh, I guess, suspicion that they are interested in Scott. They sent scouts to watch him a lot at Cincinnati. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And he fits exactly what Joe Shane and Brian Dable like in receivers, guys who can separate, guys who have elite speed, uh, Scott ran a 4-4-4 at the Combine, uh, a guy who can really make things happen after the catch, agility, um, you know, twitchiness as I put down. You know, yes, they're undersized, but so was Wondell Robinson, and they did not t- hesitate to take him in the second round. Um, and hopefully, you know, he could be a, 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 an elite separator in the NFL level. And something that was very interesting for me is that he actually played 96% of the snaps of his snaps at Cincinnati on the outside, despite being only 5'10", 177. So I found that interesting as a guy that, you know, Shane said it in multiple press conferences, right? You don't need to be a tall, huge receiver to play on the outside. And I think Tyler Scott kind of proves that. And uh, I think he could be a really interesting piece to add to the Giants offense. I could see him going a lot earlier than pick 89, though. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that look at him and see the potential with all this speed 
uh, the separation ability uh, and take a shot on him maybe as early as the second round. You're up next. All right, I'll move on. Uh, this guy was certainly interesting. I sat there in round four, uh, and I was really, really confused. I was thinking, we need a running back. Uh, and some of the running backs that I was looking at that I was interested in were kind of off the board. Um, and I felt myself in a little bit of a difficult situation. Uh, there was kind of some guys that I wasn't too familiar with. Um, and I realized, hey, after a couple of these guys, the board really starts to dry out. There was kind of a big run in, on running backs in between the Scott pick uh, and this pick at 128. So I did a little research and I came up uh, to decide, I guess, decide to pick uh, Dwayne McBride out of UAB. Um, he is 5'10", 209. I really, really like this guy. He reminds me, he's your classic power back. A little bit of A.J. Dillon to him. Uh, yes, he's only 5'10", but he's really, really powerful. He's got great strength. Uh, he really bounces off tackles. He's got great leg drive, gets those extra couple yards, which I really like. I think is really important. Yes, he doesn't have the greatest long speed, uh, which is certainly, you know, I guess kind of frustrating. Uh, he didn't actually run at the combine. They kind of project him to run in the high four fives, so certainly not a quick guy. Um, and then receiving, didn't really do much of that at all at UAB. Only had five receptions his entire career at UAB. So that's uh, something to think about. But as a pure runner with great vision as well, I think he's a guy who could really supplement Saquon Barkley well as kind of a one-two punch here out of the backfield, kind of bring a different dynamic to Barkley, a more, uh, you know, I guess, downhill runner than Saquon Barkley is. And I think he could be a really, really good pick uh, for the Giants here. So that's why I have McBride out of UAB. Yeah, McBride ran 120 or more yards in 10 of his 11 games this past season in 2022. So definitely something to take note of there. Although uh, a smaller school in UAB, so a little bit different. However, very good on the stat sheet uh, for him. Round five, pick 161. Now we go defensive tackle. Kobe Turner out of Wake Forest, six foot two, 288 pounds. A fierce tackler uh, with a quick get off. He's also forced a ton of fumbles, or not a ton, but a good amount of fumbles in his time at Wake Forest. His cons, though, he's undersized uh, and he's also inconsistent. So, Alex, I don't know if you want to break him down a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, Turner's an interesting one, a guy who. Um, is really, really a competitor. Uh, you could see the passion that he plays with just on his tape, um, but sometimes it seems almost like one play he'll look like the next coming of Aaron Donald, and then the next play he'll look like Justin Ellis uh, for any Giants fans out there who uh, know who I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, certainly an interesting guy, a guy who it seems like almost like some snaps is a completely different player. If he can you be you know at all snaps be his best self, then I think there's a lot of potential there. We know Joe Shane wants to beef up the defensive line. He took a round five a defensive tackle last year. I wouldn't be surprised if he did it again here. And I think Kobe Turner at this point was pretty good value. A lot of people have him going in the fourth round, early fifth round, and here in the late fifth round, uh, we have Kobe Turner. So I thought this was really good value uh, for the Giants. So I was happy with this pick. He's and, uh, t or Sorry, Alex. I don't mean, to, I, I feel like you No, go ahead. The next one. So uh, fifth year senior too. Actually spent... Most of his time were basically four years of a normal college career uh, at Richmond. He then transferred to Wake Forest for his fifth year, uh, where he ended up having his best year of his career, which is why he's eligible now and wants a, the draft opportunity and probably will get drafted late in this draft. Had a total of 38 tackles, 
uh, 21 of them solo tackles, two pass deflections, two sacks, and two forced fumbles. Um, yeah. So now you can go to the next player. Did actually a whole bunch of YouTube, when I was doing research on him, did actually a, a couple of videos uh, joined in for a couple of interviews with certain people uh, on on YouTube. So check those out. He's actually a really interesting, kind of funny guy. So uh, would highly recommend that if you're interested in checking more out about him. Um, but anyway, moving on to round six, pick 208. We've got a tight end. Obviously, the Giants just brought in a huge tight end in Darren Waller. They have Daniel Bellinger. They brought back Lawrence Cager. But I thought, why not add to the fun and get a really, really good value pick here with Will Mallory out of Miami. A 6'4", 239. He's got a quick release. He's really athletic. Ran in the low four fives at the combine. He's a great run blocker. Uh, he's pretty, you know, poor in pass protection. You see him get beat out in the few pass protection snaps that he does have. Uh, and for a guy who's 6'4", uh, and 239, he does not have the contested catch ability that you would hope for. Um, I think he's kind of similar to Daniel Bellinger in terms of what he's really good at run blocking uh, and can be a threat in the receiving game. And I almost thought about this kind of interestingly. Uh, Lawrence Cage is kind of like a, uh, I guess, a nice backup to Darren Waller in terms of similarities. And Will Mallory could be a nice backup to Daniel Bellinger in terms of other similarities uh, in their games. So kind of an interesting pick there. Uh, at this point, you're kind of looking at best player available. And I thought Mallory... Uh, was the best player available here at the very, uh, or close to the end of the sixth round here. Uh, and then I did that again uh, with the next pick. Yeah, Mallory, uh, another fifth-year senior. Uh, this guy out of Miami now, since his second year, his sophomore year, uh, he's averaged or 250 more, 250 uh, plus in receiving yards. Uh, 293 that year, and it's gone up from there. His best year, obviously, coming this past season with 43 receptions for 538 yards, about 13 yards per catch. And he, didn't, he ended the year with three touchdowns. Uh, two years prior to that, out of the 2020 and 2021 season, he had four touchdowns uh, both of those years. So definitely um, something to note there. And who is the next guy we got on this list? Oh, yes. Uh, this is an interesting one maybe for a few of you, but the Giants do need either a backup or... A third-string quarterback, as Davis Webb is now a coach. Round six, two, uh, pick 217, quarterback Stetson Bennett. Yes, sir, the quarterback of Georgia. That is him. Uh, 5'11", 192 pounds. Pros is his leadership. Obviously helped lead Georgia to a national championship. His accuracy as well as his experience. However, there there is always cons with these guys. His arm strength is definitely a question mark. How deep can the guy throw as well as his age? But he is younger than a guy named Tyrod Taylor, who is the Giants' backup right now. Just barely. Just? <laughs> uh, um, and so it's a matter of do the Giants want a youngster here where they have a backup that's signed to a rookie deal that can be here for a few years. Setson Bennett would be that guy. If he's still on the board, though, in the sixth round, I feel like that's really late. But I, I do understand that he's been dropping off significantly as time has continued on. So maybe. Yeah, I mean, you get a rookie QB that could be your backup for four years, low-cost backup, a guy who's played in big games in college, has that experience, yeah, may not have all the physical traits that you'd wish to have an elite quarterback, hence why he's still on the board in the sixth round. In all five of the mock drafts I did, uh, he was on the board at this spot. Uh, and in one of them, he actually lasted to my seventh-round pick at 241, the next one. So certainly a guy who's been falling. Uh, when you look at a lot of the mock drafts that have come out recently from all the experts, he's been sitting anywhere from the 5th to 7th round 
uh, even a couple of them going undrafted. So certainly interesting with Stetson, uh, Stetson Bennett. I'm actually reasonably, I guess, high on Stetson Bennett. I, I see him more, I believe in my grading, I had him as a fifth round or fourth round QB in terms of pure talent. Um, so I think overall, this is a great pick for the Giants. Tyrod Taylor's under contract for one more year. And then you have another backup for three more years after that under Daniel Jones, uh, making very minimal money, obviously being a late six round pick. So really, really like this pick uh, for the Giants and, uh, you know, hope that they uh, can make something like that happen. If not, uh, I'd love to use one of these seventh round picks on a backup QB, um, you know, get them under contract for cheap for four years. Um, moving on to the seventh and final round, but it's really not a wrap yet for the Giants because they have three seventh round picks. Uh, pick 241, uh, I'm selecting linebacker Mohamed Diab- uh, Diabate out of Utah. Almost fumbled the name right there. He's 6'3", 229. Uh, he's really quick off the edge. This guy's an interesting player because uh, he was actually at uh, I mean, he was at Florida for a number of years before transferring to Utah. Um, and we see him in a variety of different, you know, packages. We see him sometimes, uh, rushing off the edge, sometimes as your traditional inside linebacker, really a more, a really flexible guy. I think a guy who would have a lot of impact on special teams, uh, which is kind of what you're looking at at this point in the draft. And, uh, he's really quick off the edge. He's good in zone coverage when he's playing that inside linebacker position or when he's dropping off, uh, you know, from the edge rusher position, he's got great lateral agility. Uh, and overall, he reads the game pretty well. Uh, his strength is certainly, uh, you know, concern. He's only 229 pounds, and he does struggle to slip blocks uh, in the run game. So that's, uh, I guess, somewhat concerning there. Uh, a player I do actually really like. His tape is pretty good, uh, all things considering, for a guy who's still on the board here in the seventh round. So I thought I'd take him, and I think he brings some nice flexibility here for Wink Martindale's defense and uh, potentially on special teams as well. Our second-to-last pick here, round seven, pick 244. We know that the Giants have lost Julian Love, and they're starting some youngster, uh, or probably Dane Bellin at the position at, at safety. We need some depth there. We're going to get some here. Safety Tyreek Jones out of Boise State, six foot two, 195 pounds. His pros, his instinct, his speed, and his physicality in coverage. Whoever that does come with some cons. How, uh, but it, you do have to say it is the seventh round now, so I think all of these players come with cons. If, if you want to talk about the less amount of cons, you would talk about that in rounds one through three. Round seven, you're really getting into them a little bit. His route recognition as well as his, uh, is susceptibility a word? Can I use that? Yes, it is a word. In, in the plural form, right? Susceptibility to double moves uh, is a con there. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I was kind of looking for a safety. The safety board had really dried up. Uh, and I kind of felt like Jones was the best option. You see some upside with him just because of his physical traits, his speed. You do see that he's pretty uh, instinctual in the run game. Uh, he's good size as well, 6'2". Uh, if he can bulk up a little bit, maybe just over 200 pounds, that would be more ideal uh, for his position. And uh, does have flexibility as well in the nickel and uh, you know slot corner as well. So overall, I think uh, you know a pretty decent value here uh, when you're getting really, really close to the end of the seventh round. And our final pick here uh, is around 7, 253, two picks off from being Mr. Irrelevant. We've got Edge, Robert Beal Jr. out of Georgia. He's 6'4", 247. Uh, he is a senior, and I really, really like this pick. Uh, I would have picked him before uh, Jones if I had actually noticed it. 
properly before my last and final mock draft. Um, I really like this guy. Um, he's got a great spin move when you watch him off the edge. He's got great quickness. He's got pretty decent bend for a guy who's still on the board in round seven. Um, the cons with him, he doesn't use his hands well at all. And he basically has no power rush. It's only finesse moves. Uh, he pretty much only has a spin move right now. But you can see the potential uh, with Beal Jr. He played at a big school like Georgia where he did get you know significant snaps at times as well. Um, and I think it's always good to take players in the late rounds from big schools. Uh, I always feel like that's a good idea. Uh, not only do they bring a lot of times the physical attributes uh, that originally got them there out of high school at some of these, you know, bigger name institutions, you also get just some experience, maybe higher quality coaching as well uh, when you're looking at these later round guys. And they're always, I always feel like they're great special teams contributors as well. And I think Beal Jr. could be just that. Uh, and he is our last pick, 253 in the seventh round that is all 10 picks in this mock draft it feels like it was a eternity mock draft um but overall i guess i'll recap it uh for everyone here round one pick 25 we had cornerback deontay banks out of maryland round two pick 57 center john michael schmitz out of minnesota round three uh wide receiver tyler scott out of cincinnati that's pick 89 round four picked 128 uh Dwayne mcbride out of UAB running back, round five, pick 161, defensive tackle Kobe Turner out of Wake Forest, round six, pick 208, tight end Will Mallory out of Miami, round six, pick 217, QB Stetson Bennett out of Georgia, round seven, pick 241, uh, Mohamed uh, Diabate out of Utah, um, round seven, pick 244, safety Tyreek Jones out of Boise State, and finally, but not least, um, Round seven, two pick, uh, pick 253, Edge Robert Beal Jr. out of Georgia. Josh, before we finish this up, what's your favorite pick? And then I'll tell you what my favorite pick is. It's going to be the same pick. John Michael Smith's at uh, round two, pick 57. And if it's not that, then I, I lied. And it's not the same, but I know it's the same because you're an offensive line guy. So it's going to be Smith. Am I wrong? You are wrong, actually. I, what? I have a... I have a dual favorite pick here. Oh, I have two. Yes. I'm cheating. Smith is one neither, of them, though. Neither of them are Schmitz. No, what? neither of them are Schmitz. Really? Okay. I really, really like the pick of Tyler Scott in the third round. I think that's really good value for him, and I can just imagine how Dable uh, and Kafka could use him on offense. And then Robert Beal Jr., I'm telling you, I like that guy. I see potential there. Um, so I I'm going with him. Anyway. Interesting, interesting. I really yeah. thought you were going offensive line, especially for the value, but okay. I like the pick. I almost feel like he's not going to be there, though, but who knows? We'll have to wait and see, but we'll definitely keep doing these, and we'll see if he's still there at uh, round two, pick 57, the next time in a couple weeks or so, uh, if John Michael Schwitz will be there. That's a big, the big question mark. And also Stetson Bennett in round six. I feel like he'll come back up board. Uh, but that's going to do it for our 2023 New York Giants 7-round mock draft 1.0 edition. All right, so that's going to do it for what I want to say, the nitty-grittiness uh, of this episode of the Giant Take Podcast. We covered all the points we needed to, and we did our mock draft, too, especially with the Giants news. That was a nice addition. I'm happy we were able to bring that back. Um, so super great stuff here on this episode of the podcast. Right now, I'm going to do the uh, social section or what you can do to help us out, the interaction on your end. We just interacted to, for, to you for over a half hour, so how can you interact with us? Well... Uh, well, first of all, interact on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, but hit that subscribe button so you can get notified every time we have a new episode. 
The next thing you can do after that is do even more interaction with a five-star rating and or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Let us know what you think of the pod. Then even more interaction. We're going crazy with the interaction on social media. Twitter and TikTok, The Giant Take Pod. Instagram and Facebook, The Giant Take Podcast. Alex interacts with him personally on his Twitter at Annoying23. Me personally at, at, at Joshua29. And um, go find more places to listen to the podcast on shipstudios.com slash the giant take. All of that info is going to be in the podcast notes down below wherever you're listening. So uh, we appreciate you listening to this point. And I hate doing this and I hate that I'm saying that we're doing this. Uh, but next week, stay tuned for more draft coverage. Uh, hint, hint with maybe not just us. That's all I'm going to say. Whoa. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Hopefully, if it, if it works out, not just us. That's all I'm saying. Now it's going to be extra bad if it is just us. They're going to be so disappointed. I know. I hate it. that I do it every time, too, because I tell myself in my head I'm not going to say anything. I think it'll work out. I think we'll be good. But we'll Hopefully. See. But uh, anyway, well, at least unless breaking news comes out and the Giants decide to trade for another superstar, uh, we will not be here until next week with another podcast. But we'll see. And you're obviously welcome because tomorrow or today when you're listening to this Tuesday morning, Ashawn Robinson will have just signed right when the episode releases. Um, so, you know, congratulations to everyone for that. Um, and hopefully that's a great move because we all know that's going to happen as soon as this episode releases. True. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Had a lot of fun creating that mock draft. Always love those. And I know everyone loves uh, doing the seven, you know, I guess interacting with the seven round mock drafts as well. Um, and I guess we'll see everyone next time. With some more draft coverage, I'm not making those commitments that Josh just did. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.